The Talk Show. This is the talk shop on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and I am Masichaba Mdolo. On our relationship corner tonight, we're talking about parents who are abused by their own children with Umpile Sibitwani, a clinical psychologist, um, and we are taking your calls, 0891-104-207. Join our discussion on 0891-104-207 or SMS 34701. SMS number is 34701, and SMSs are charged at 2 Rand or visit our Facebook page SAFM Radio Facebook page is SAFM Radio Now a little bit earlier on just before the news I was you were talking about tough love parents who decide that uh, they, the children that are uh, subjecting them to this kind of abuse will not reside under their roofs Yes um, it, it really boils down to the issue of boundaries where Parents do need to draw up certain boundaries within their home um, to maintain that leadership within the home, where the child knows this is how far I can push my lot, but my, know, they, they should know that their parents have drawn a certain line where they cannot go beyond that, and beyond that then they need to live with the consequences. Because if parents then don't fail to... to, to um, establish those boundaries and that's something that you don't just do to prevent abuse but it's something you do also to create and maintain healthy relationships between child and parent and as you would with any normal relationship where you you, you need to have set to set certain boundaries um, that is very important and in a parent doing that they're actually reinforcing those boundaries to say I will be respected in my ho- in my home mm. And if you do not respect my authority, you do not respect my feelings, um, then have, take the alternative route, which is a tougher route, basically. Now, with regards to the, to, you know, the establishing of boundaries, is it possible to do this when the abuse has started? Shouldn't boundaries be set much earlier on? Am I able to turn the situation around by, you know, making clear the boundaries once I am a victim of abuse, once the, whether it be the physical abuse, whether it be the, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, threatening, the threats happening, the money being stolen, things being stolen. Um, When is it, and what I'm trying to get is, is it possible to assert that authority later on? what, What basically is as i was saying like with any normal relationship that is healthy boundaries need to be set Mm. in establishing that relationship so it's something that should come basically in the upbringing of the child in the uh before the abuse actually happens but once it has happened Mm -hmm. it becomes difficult to actually for the abused parent on their own to actually establish those rules without without help as i was saying Remember that that they would be in a in a victim mode kind of thinking, where they see themselves as victim, as helpless sometimes, therefore are not able to um, take the necessary steps to deal with the mm. situation. And mm. often there is need for help either from other family members who can assist them to first of all where there is physical abuse to report. Uh, and, and even financial abuse where things are being stolen in the house, where there's areas where the law can actually assist and the authorities can actually assist in, in 
putting the, 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 the situation under control. There might be a need for somebody to help them actually to bring mm. the situation to the attention of the authorities. But, but, but that on, person... On another level, there might o- there's also a need for psychological or counseling, uh, psychological help or mm. counseling where, you know, the relationship needs to be kind to be nursed back to normal. But obviously, for, for them to get the help, for them to get the help, they'd have to speak out. They'd have to let somebody know. They'd have to confirm to uh, somebody that, yes, this is happening and I need help. And this seems to be where the major stumbling block is, is in reaching out and making someone aware of this. We're talking to Umpila Sibitlani, clinical psychologist, and I want to come back to this particular issue. But let's take Gary in PE. Gary, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, how are you? Very well, thank you, sir. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Thanks for calling in. Mm. Um, my wife and I run a, a shelter where we look after women um, in crisis, which um, is anything from domestic violence to drug addict prostitutes um, and that sort of thing. And we've been doing this for the last 10 years. Mm. And what the lady on the other side has been saying about the, especially with the drug addicts, um, people don't understand when they're, a parent gets into that situation, I think, and I feel that it started um, in the beginning with manipulation, and over over the years that manipulation has been defined and perfected, we often say that the guys have got a thesis, they've written theses on manipulation. Mm. Um, but yeah, there is, um, they manipulate the parent, and we've also um, found in our experience as well that they do it in a very subtle way where they blame the parents and say to the parent, that's the way that you brought me up. So it's not actually my fault, it's your fault. And that's, they put the parent on a guilt trip. Mm. Um, and we find that one of the most difficult things that we challenges that we have to face um, is that to get the parent to stop allowing themselves to be manipulated and abused so that we can get to do the work that we need to do with these addicts. Um, because they feel um, the parent always takes them back in again and the parent becomes a safety net and the whole cycle of abuse starts all over again. And um, it is just basically through manipulation. Mm. And as I said, the guys that are doing the manipulation, they're masters at it. They really, really are. Mm. They know just which buttons to push. They just know, what, know just which words to use and what to say. And, um, yeah, we've just had... Um, a lady staying with us now whose father is 75 years old. Mm-hmm. And she, he was a millionaire, a property owner in Johannesburg. And he's basically got nothing left. Absolutely nothing, nothing left. She's milking dry. <laughs> and she's still doing her, um, her own thing as far as drugs and stuff is concerned. Our program is six months long. We're not a rehabilitation center, but we have a rehabilitation program. Mm-hmm. Mm. A very good one that we've got from the states that we've developed for for South African climate and, and South African people. Karen P, thank you very much for the call because it's very interesting. You talk about the manipulation and this is something that is almost on par with emotional abuse. It's not something that you can show anybody. It's not something that you can say to someone, look what is taking place to me, which must be very, very difficult to even uh, talk about then, Umpile. Yes, certainly. Um, That is part of the emotional abuse that um, is involved in in, in this type of abuse. In, in, you know, the type where you, you, it happens in every abusive situation. You, let's say, 
and as an example, if it was between husband and wife, then he, he beats her up for, for talking to another man and he says to her, it's because I love you so much and this, you know, tries to explain it away as perhaps and making it her fault rather than taking responsibility mm-hmm. for, 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 for their own actions. And, and that happens not just it, it happens across the, the, the board when it comes to abusive situations where the, 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 the perpetrator basically wants to put the blame on the, the victim and reinforces that message over and over again until the victim actually buys into it and starts feeling, yeah, perhaps it's their fault. And mm. they need to change rather than the other person needs to change. And when it comes to parents, I think it, it is very e- it is so much easier to manipulate them um, simply because of the associated guilt that goes with parenting. You know, constantly asking yourself, am I a good parent? Am I a present parent? How do I compare to other parents? How is my child developing compared to other children? Could I be at fault? And could I have contributed to any kinds of, of problems that my child is going through? So already we are steeped in guilt as parents, and, and children then just uh, capitalize on that. And, and basically what you would find is that this type of manipulation is not just starting at, this, at the point where it becomes abusive. It would have been a pattern that was established uh, even in the upbringing where the child may have not been very open to the parents uh, saying no to anything that they do, then they they would, um, uh, you know, m- misbehave or behave in a certain way to show their, their disapproval or their unhappiness about being turned back or, be, or where rules have been applied, mm. and they are not willing to toe the line. And where the parents may have, for example, been too lenient in reinforcing the the, 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 the the rules of the house, those boundaries we were talking about, you may find that, yes, at a certain point, that kind of laxity does take on an, an, an abusive uh, nature at, at that point. Um, we received an SMS last week, and this is one of the reasons uh, we, uh, you know, decided we're going to be talking about this. It spoke about how does one come to terms with a grown child who starts assaulting the parent? How do you move on? And this was an SMS that came in from Anonymous. I know earlier on we spoke about the difficulty of actually telling somebody, of actually admitting as a parent that this is going on. How does one go about moving on, admitting, making one aware that, look, this is the challenge that I'm dealing with? Um, I think basically it's, it's that realization that um, one is being a victim. And, as, and often, even when people in that situation do recognize that they are being victimized, it's difficult for them to take action. And that's why you have organizations, I think, about, I don't know if the guy was name was Gary. Yes. That really, I think, be a very important role in terms of the, the, the kind of haven that they provide for, for, for parents and the kind of assistance and support they provide to, to assist people who want to come out and say, I'm being abused, I need help, because that is not a very easy step to take. And that is why I was emphasizing earlier on that some of the things that, one of the things that really helps is when there are people around, other family members, they need to be watching out for certain 
symptoms, for example, if it's an, if it's parents, for if it's elderly people, they need to be looking out for if they have, uh, for example, bruises. You know the typical abuse kind of things where they are, have unexplained bruises. They they are working, but yet they never having money or things are missing in their house. People that are close enough are able to observe such things and should be looking out for those kind of signs and then asking questions to say what is actually happening. If they notice something, they should, I think, be bold enough to, to ask the parents or the, 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 other, the family person member mm. that they think is being abused what is really going on and to, to then offer that, that kind of support to say, let, let me help you take action because this cannot obviously go on. Um, what, what, happens, what happens if the parent is not willing to admit to this? I've got an SMS coming in from Meshach and Brits who says that my mother-in-law has a son who will take food like bribe packs to his friends, break windows when there is no food and also steal her pension money. He's not into drugs but he's drinking a lot. The guy's about 37 years old yet she doesn't want to chase him away uh, through courts nor get him arrested. I'm afraid he will one day hurt her. What happens when the parent who is suffering this kind of abuse says, no, 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 you know, it'll pass. No, leave it. Let's not even talk about it. I don't want my child to go to jail. I don't want my child to, to, to live in the streets. That's often the dilemma with, 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 uh, abusive, with, with abuse, Master Chava. Mm. You find even with, for example, women abuse, uh, who are abused, they don't want their husbands to go to jail because maybe it's the, 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 the family provider and so forth. So even with this kid, with the parents, for whatever reason, um, you may find that it's not easy for them or they don't want to take that tough stand. But in that case, it becomes difficult to really help them because unless they recognize that the pattern has to stop and take action to actually stop it, nobody can do it for them. Because they are the ones who have to take action and say, I've been hit, I've been robbed, I've, this has happened to me, therefore help me. They are the ones who actually need to cry out. So the, the, the thing is then in helping them to bring themselves to, to actually recognizing the fact that this person, I mean, at 37 is not going to change. If she's been hoping that he would change over the years, that day's not going to come. Mm. And bringing them to the realization that, what they are hoping for is, is just out of the heart of love, but in reality it's not going to happen until they actually take the action to bring it to happen, which is the tough love we were talking about. Mm. You know, one of the issues that we mentioned earlier on was the, uh, uh, you know, is this something that happens gradually or is this something that's uh, all of a sudden, is it possible for events to bring this kind of thing about? I'm looking at an SMS that says, uh, since I divorced, my son has taken on the role of man of the house. He has punched through doors in the house. Um, every time there's been an argument and when I've tried to discipline him, he has uh, you know, uh, destroyed the rooms. He has never hit me, but he has hit family members. Uh, do you think that sometimes, you know, things like now you're the man of the house or certain events in our lives that uh, put a lot of responsibility on our children's shoulders will see this kind of change coming around? Um, yes, that can happen, Master. In this instance, um, the, 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 the incidence of divorce, Yes, there could be a number of issues, not just uh, 
the point that now he's being a man or he's mm. having to take on responsibilities. But the effect of the divorce itself on, on children, sometimes it's underestimated because the divorce rate is so high. People don't, don't recognize that that the emotional toll that divorce has on children and to what extent, for example, in this child growing up and, and having observed what is going on within the family, how perhaps he may feel that the, the one parent is, is the more guilty parent and, and making those kind of judgments and then perhaps behaving in that aggressive manner because they, you know, they feel that... Um, and, and are abusive to the one parent that they may feel that was maybe a contributor, a, a major contributor to the divorce. And therefore it might be some kind of um, getting back at them, but also just a way of showing that he's not coping with the situation. He's not coping with the emotional in, impact of the divorce itself mm-hmm. because it does take a toll on, 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 on children when, when their parents divorce. You know, you earlier on spoke about the amount of support for um, women and uh, and children abuse that is out there, and I know that this is one of the frustrations um, that comes up over and over again when we talk about men who are victims of abuse in their own homes by their wives. Is there support? Is there as wide support for parents who find themselves in this situation, who are being abused by their children, or is it a case of, yeah, but you brought them up that way, therefore you must suffer the consequences? I think there is support out there, like the organization of the gentleman that called earlier on that would offer such support, Mm. but they are very far far and sparse in between. Um, I don't think there is enough, really. In terms of even awareness, there's a a lot of awareness raising and education that goes on into child and women abuse, but we we very um, seldom hear of um, parent abuse. What? Uh, how people should handle it? How people? Where people can go to seek help? Very little of that information is out there in the public, and I think that's one of the things that then perpetuates the problem. Got an SMS coming in from Sandy who says this happens when you give your wealth before you die. Don't do it. What goes around comes around. This is karma. But Sandy, this is something that happens even in the poorest of the poor families. Families where there is no wealth to give away, where there is no uh, you know, financial legacy to be um, dividing amongst your children. So this is really one of those challenges that uh, goes beyond class, goes beyond how much you have, goes beyond um, what it is that you have to give away or even creating expectations amongst children with regards to how much they will be getting or how much you are worth financially. It is not only about money. Umpila, earlier on you spoke about how you know, um, in the case of of the SMS that came in from Mishak and Brits uh, about, uh, you know, like in in any abuse situation if uh, the victim does not want to get help does that mean that you leave them as they are and hope one day that they will see the light of day or you know they'll see the light or I'm just thinking how frustrated and helpless you know um, family members um, siblings that see this going on and want to bring about some kind of change must feel when the parent says no 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 leave it can you only leave it um, look, in, 
if depending on the age of the parent if it's if it's elder abuse where this the elder i i believe is 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 beyond a certain age you know you can you can argue that they are like a child for example who's being abused who may not be able to stand for their own rights then family members can actually take action on behalf of that parent but where the parent is still fully um um uh, I don't want to say functional either, but I hear you. Yes, um, yeah, yes. yes. While the parent it, is still it, it, able to, to do the, for themselves. The best that the, if it if, if where there's physical abuse, other family members can just report that then as as physical abuse. Um, and 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 I'm I'm not so very certain about the the laws no. of the country in terms of when 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 that happens. Mm, what what mm. would be the recourse? of mm. the law if it's reported by somebody else for another but i do know for example when it comes to women abuse for example neighbors can call on uh, the law to come and intervene where they see it in an abusive situation but i'm just thinking of how that would impact on the family dynamics as well if uh, a parent is saying leave my child alone and uh, you as a family member go and report them to the police and they get arrested that must impact negatively on the family dynamics I cannot imagine that parent looking on you as their saviour or, or as having done something positive by having their child arrested certainly yes but I think what should precede that is perhaps some kind of educational talk some kind of intervention the parents mm. to make them recognize that what is going on is to their disadvantage and that the only way that they can take control or they can help this, the, the person, um, the perpetrator, is actually to really be tough with them because that's the only way that they could learn. And that in the process of, yes, reporting them to the authorities, it's not just the only solution. In conjunction with that, you would have your counseling, you would have some kind of um, intervention that would try and help build the relationship up because obviously it is a compromised relationship mm. where you know where there's need for work to be done for, um, for a normal relationship to 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 be to be restored talking to umpile sibitlani clinical psychologist looking at the uh, one of the major challenges facing our society today, the abuse of parents by their children. And this is not something that is unique to South Africa. It is a worldwide phenomenon. We're looking at a website um, originating from the UK and studies that have been done that look at, uh, you know, um, how prevalent this is in the communities. They've also done um, uh, an age-appropriate study where they looked at uh, the age of children who embark on this behavior. When does it start? When where is it most common? Where is it most prevalent? So this is definitely a challenge that is facing us globally, talking about abuse of parents by their children. Also, Umpile, thank you very, very much for joining us. May welcome your time. It's Appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Thank Umpile Sibitlani, clinical psychologist, joining us on the line. We're going to take a quick break, pay the rent, and of course when we come back, we've got African Affirmations brought to you by the Iskia Institute. Mahala A time is back bigger and better. Hello, caller. So, I heard that Jane is going to be made of honor at Andrew's wedding. What? I also heard that I can get 50% free airtime every time I recharge with the MTN. It's impossible, right? 
I don't know about engine gen, but the 50% Mahala airtime is no rumor. Recharge and get 50% Mahala airtime every day at any time to make free MTN to MTN calls. Send SMSs and use the internet. Believe it. Now that's bigger and better Mahala for you. Conditions apply. Minimum recharge value is 10 Rand. For 30 years, Crema Media's engineering news has delivered unmatched insight into South Africa's real economy. Subscribe now and go to engineeringnews.co.za for the real economy in real time. Engineering news, not just for engineers. Imagine the walls and the roof of your newly built home cracking and crumbling around you. The National Home Builders Registration Council has come to the rescue of consumers who find themselves in a situation where they have been left with a defective house. This week, Yulungelo Lako will inform viewers on all they need to know when building a house and the role played by the NHBRC. Tune in to Yulungelo Lako on Friday between 1.30 and 2.30 in the afternoon, only on SABC One. The Standard Bank Jazz Festival kicks off in Grahamstown on the 27th of June. SAFM is proud once again to be the official radio partner. Join us for 10 days of amazing jazz and blues, featuring Mikasa, Esavan Naidu, and dozens more local and international jazz superstars. Also featuring the 2013 Young Artist Award winner for jazz, Shane Cooper. SAFM will be there to bring you some amazing performances and keep you in the loop with all the backstage action. But there's nothing quite like being there, so book now at CompuTicket and head to Grahamstown for the Standard Bank Jazz Festival. The Talk Shop. Time now for African Affirmations brought to you by the Iskia Institute and after that we'll be talking to the young people of Rekaufela Youth Development Agency. Gather Africans. Come together, Africans. Let's listen to another African affirmation inspired by the life and work of Professor Skiam Patele. We all too often devote most of our national attention and resources to the education of children and almost nothing to the adult needs. To empower the youth and ignore the need for adult education creates an unhealthy imbalance. Due to a large unemployed youth population, South African society relies mainly on economically active adults to provide the structures to support the youth. Without the stability of adult support, youthful efforts to pursue their aspirations are far too often diminished by recklessness. Although Eskian Pachele made these observations in 1998, it is clear that adult education is still needed today to reinforce the foundations of our society in many areas. The need for extensive adult education exists because many adults have not completed secondary education for various reasons. One must not exclude among these reasons the fact that many black South Africans, literate or not, continue to be restrained by what Mpashele describes as the low self-esteem and self-hate that oppression inculcates in many of its victims. Adult education can be used to address the restoration of family values and cultural identity in our society. In terms of nation-building, a deliberate strategy is required to regain what was lost when the Group Areas Act destroyed communities such as Sophia Town and District 6 
that had developed a uniquely South African identity. Adult education can be part of this strategy. Consumer rights, democratic principles and community development are some of the other topics that a structured adult education effort should address. In this African affirmation, taken from an article titled Empower the Parents, written for Tribute magazine in 1998, Eskia Mpashele warns us not to neglect adult education needs. We should remember that adult empowerment is just as necessary as youth empowerment in building a prosperous society. To continue this conversation and share your thoughts, find the Eskia Institute on Facebook. Listen to this and other episodes of African Affirmations by registering on our website www.eskia.org.za or follow us on Twitter at Eskia Institute. Join us again every weekday at this time for another African Affirmation inspired by the life and work of Professor Eskia Mpashele and brought to you by the Eskia Institute. Earlier on, we tried to get in touch with the Rikofela Youth Development Agency, but the lines let us down. The young men are in the studio. They are Philip Zadzi, Rikofela Youth Development Agency Coordinator, and Danisi Lekuma, Rikofela Youth Development Agency Life Skills Facilitator. This uh, agency was established in 2009 by eight young aspiring entrepreneurs whose sole aim is to uplift and empower the community of Sibugeng, Everton, and surrounding areas. How did Rikofela Youth Development Agency come into being, Philip? Oh, oh, hi, hi, SAFM. Welcome to both of you. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to be here. Wow. Uh, Rikofala, yeah, actually, uh, we conducted the survey in 2009. It was, it was before 2009 we, we conducted the survey. It was more like a research, just to, uh, just to get a clear vision of what people want out there, and especially young people. Because of that, uh, we saw that there's a big need for our community members to have a vehicle whereby they could address each and every issues that they okay in their lives or maybe in their background. So after conducting that survey, we held up a, 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 a what we call a, a community meeting. Uh, uh, plenty of young people were, 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 were having plenty of issues around them, you know, domestic violence, drug abuse, uh, school dropout. So, so it's whereby the, the initiative of recovery development came about this way whereby young people said, no, we need a vehicle whereby all our issues will be addressed. Uh, are they looking at the community of Sibukeng, Everton and surrounding areas? Are there many initiatives like this? Uh, yeah, there are a few, but uh, that operates like Rakao Fela. They are, they are very scarce within the location and the demarcation that we're operating in. What makes Rakao Fela different from other youth initiatives out there that are looking at empowering young people, uh, to empowering aspiring entrepreneurs and ensuring that communities are uplifted? Yeah, the programs that we offer to, to people and the community at large, those are the, uh, the, the huge differences that we we cater for young people out there. We've got the, the bakeries under construction. We've got the, the sewing academy. Uh, we've got computer basic and all which other institutions they don't have such. Yeah. I want to talk about this bakery and the sewing academy, but I just want to bring in Udani Silikumalo, who is the life skills facilitator. What kind of programs do you have going on under the life skills program or, or flagship? Oh, let me start about creating everyone and you, Ms. Maschava, in the studio. Uh, normally in life skills what we do, we focus on six topics which are time management, conflict management, 
and job preparedness and professional image and financial planning all around then uh, normally in our life skills we really preparing young people for the corporate world and how to even behave before getting to work because normally like uh, in our township we have a high rate of unemployed youth mm-hmm. so it's one of the other challenges that makes young people to be not employed because they're not familiar with what is it that is being expected in a workplace and in a corporate world so most of our topics are covering those topics that will be helping young people and equipping them for the corporate world and and what uh, when we talk about these workshops what form do they take do they are they part and parcel of the existing programs at Rakaufela um, or do they fall under the uh, social program as well the sports and culture uh, sports arts and culture program or you know how are these run independently with a certain group of young people initially uh, our programs will have uh, organize them in a way of making some pillars. So the categories of them, they are social programs that whereby we have workshops and seminars and uh, trainings around the social illnesses like HIV and AIDS, early teenage pregnancy, drug abuse, awarenesses. That's what or some of other things that we do on social programs and we have already established the home-based care that is now uh, collecting the, the data and the stats of people who have dropped taking their treatments. That's what we normally uh, do on mm. social illnesses. And then we have our advice and referral. Normally that's where we go and search for vacancies, bazaaries, learnerships, and then we advertise them to young people in our area because we see that the the information part is the lacking part because of the unemployment. I mean, you know, when someone is unemployed, they get to be that reluctant to the information. What is it that can take them out of there? So we bringing the information closer to their doorsteps, and then uh, we prepare the CVs, how to build the CVs, mm. and we, mm. we even work with other stakeholders like NYDA. We invite GEPs, or even helping this other young entrepreneurs who want to maybe to make it in a, a world of business yes and and do you have a a youth center that is part of a Gulfella youth development agency where the young people are a captive audience um do you do you have facilities that encourage young people to be coming through to you do you go out into the community how exactly do you work uh, like as my colleague just said now, now that uh, all our pillars has been categorized. Currently, we are operating as a dysfunctional school. We've been donated this school by the Department of Education. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, so you've got a brick and mortar yeah, facility got, that young people know. We've got a facility. It's about 22 classes and eight offices that we're operating in. Uh, it's where all the activities and programs and workshops and training take place because of the facility. It's so huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you definitely have a youth center. Yeah. Have you renamed it yet? Is this called the uh, Kaufala Youth Center? Or no, are you still uh, saying dysfunctional? Functional school. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, the name is changed. <laughs> the name is changed up to so far. It's currently a Recovery Development Center. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. functional is just in the past. Yeah, just in, in the, the past. past. It's yeah. very yeah. functional now. Yeah, now Let's talk about the bakery um, yeah. program. This is absolutely amazing where you are looking at, in fact, not even looking, you have started um, 
creating and building a bakery on the premises. Yeah, yeah. We're currently constructing a, a fully functional bakery that is going to sustain and help uh, the, disadvantage, the disadvantaged people at our community. Uh, this uh, this bakery is going to help a lot of people within our community. That's one is for sure. Uh, realizing it uh, with uh, stakeholders like Mital and Northwest University and other stakeholders up to so far. So and the Northwest University will actually be assisting you with business training courses. Yeah, yeah. Currently, I'm doing a business management course. Yeah, from the Northwest University. They take it that they, they they just said to us that no, guys, before we start initiating everything, let's start on a less than side uh, brain thinking. Let's give you this training, and you should suppose to know how to manage everything. Not to say we don't know how to manage. We do know how to manage, but only the training is going to give us a better view of Absolutely. everything. Yeah, and encourage us more on how to uh, facilitate each and everything that's happening within our our facility. And is this something that's going to be afforded to the young people that come through to the Gulfella Youth? Development Agency, or is it just for the leadership at the moment with regards to, to the bakery? Uh, the to the yeah, business training? Yeah, yeah, to, 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 to regard to the trainings only for the business management, for the management only at Greg Okay. Yeah, I'm part of them. At so. the moment, yeah. all right. And uh, how, you, you talk about this bakery assisting the, the community. Mm. In what way are you going to be looking at members of the community to be working in, mm. in the bakery? And if they're working in the bakery, are we talking salaries? How exactly will it... Uh, Will it be run? Uh, currently, what we, we, we initially uh, told ourselves at the meet, uh, meetings with the Northwest University and the Mithal people, told ourselves that uh, this bakery is going to be initiated for the community as a large. First of all, uh, we want to employ community members. What we're looking at, uh, we know before we do a, a project like this one, we conduct a, a report, a, a something like a research first, yes. whereby we could get a clear vision of what's happening within our community. Uh, after the, the research was conducted, I was the, uh, the leader of the, the research, uh, we found that there's plenty of women out there that are unemployed, you know, that c they can't even sustain their own lives, you know, and their own, they are, they are the, the, the breadwinners within their families. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the whole initiative will be focusing on women, is to empower women within our community. So the bakery is a women empowerment initiative. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a women empowerment initiative. But you also have the sewing academy. Yeah, and it's also that one is for women, elderly women. You know, uh, conducting a survey will bring you uh, a better, lighter view of everything, you know. Because of what they I'm saying, that plenty of people that are between us within our community, I know so, they're only women. Mm -hmm. It might happen there's no father within the house. So we're trying to, to make them sustain their own lives. You know, we we taking out that mentality of depending on Rekaufel. Now we're building a mentality whereby all the elderly people and young people out there will depend on themselves. And and what about the young men in the community? And I'm sure, Danisile, that um, in the research that you've done, you found that there are many, many challenges facing young men in the community. Um, and thus, you know, we see some of the social ills that, that arise out of that. Exactly. But we just trying to maybe... Uh, respond to the demand of the country like uh, most on on men we really need the construction and the other like this work that uh, construction work more especially because we still have uh, other schools that are already vandalized mm -hmm. in our locations that are need to be I mean to be used as as, uh, as as something else. I mm -hmm. mean not to be just a place where junkies will be picking there and just using that place as a Yes, mm. as a place of, of thieves. Time or something. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Mm. We just want to come up with uh, a little bit of 
helping the government for even service deliveries and we, we have to equip young people so that they can be even be employed in a big industries i mean that's what uh how we can even tackle this challenge of unemployment and poverty at large. And, and uh, in terms of responding to the needs of young people, there's mm. the advisory and referral service program. Yeah. Yes. yeah, you know the advice and referral, what it mainly does is we initiated this, uh, this uh, pillar with other stakeholders, NYDA, also we've got Department of uh, Education on board, also like, uh, as like what they call them, South African Qualification Authority on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereby they come at our place, they facilitate the job preparedness workshops, they give young people that information that is needed, how to, co- uh, how to construct a CV, just my mm. colleague just said, mm. how to construct a, a fully functional CV, whereby uh, someone will take it into a consideration, you know. Uh, how should you prepare yourself for an interview? How to dress up for an interview? You know. But the challenge that is faced by young people today, especially in terms of uh, breaking into the world of work, mm. are the skills mm. shortages, the skills competency that is mm. found lacking. Mm. Um, how is Rakofela looking at that? Is there something that uh, forms part of your three pillars? Yeah, it does. We've got skills development whereby we uh, currently we've got Renault on board. We're constructing a uh, what we call this uh, a carpentry, carpentry and welding. Uh, and welding. Mm. When I speak to you now, everything has been uh, 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 like what did they say? It's been built. Uh, you know, all the classes have been break. The walls have been okay. break so that the equipment will come inside the classes. You know, they're constructing everything. And what is the one is doing that for us? We, uh, we went to them earlier on this uh, and they were impressed about what we're doing inside our community. So it's one of the stakeholders that are on board. In terms of our skills development, mm-hmm. empowering young people. Mm-hmm. We've got also Mita. Mita's got this uh, engineering part that they do. If ever you passed with a high grades in your grade 12, maybe you need something like a scholarship or a buzzer. We, you know, you come to the center, we lie with the relevant people that we know mm-hmm. at uh, Rainwater or Mita. You know, and we've got also uh, what you call this uh, Sasso group in Sasso, it's a firm also. Those are the people that we're with them in terms of employing people because of the, the real need of, uh, of this advice and referral is all about making young people to be more employable. Absolutely, yeah. and, and to be more empowered. I mean, yeah, I'm just thinking of if young people form part or come under this Randwater initiatives with regards to skinning themselves with carpentry and, and basic trade, yeah. uh, some kind of trade, then they can, <laughs> who knows, maybe even start their own business. And it's quite encouraging to see that the Gaufella Youth Development Agency is not just looking at young people, but it's looking at empowering the whole community of Sibuking, Everton and surrounding areas. How does one get in touch with you? Uh, they could come to our office. We are located at City Benza Tuto, just behind the school known as Sizanani Secondary School in Zone 13. Or you could go to our website, it's www.rekaufella.com. Uh, .org.za or call our office is 016-594-8183 016-594-8183 or contact me personally uh, it's follow up uh, it's 078-5960-912 078-5960-912 alright there you go that's uh, Philip it's uh, the Rikofela Youth Development Agency Coordinator he says you can contact him directly on 078-596-0912 or visit their website that is rikofela slash center dot org dot za rikofela slash center dot org dot za gentlemen we are inspired and we wish you the best of luck thank you very very much for joining us and uh, we hope to see you grow and grow thank you very much the Rikofela
Mpela Youth Development Agency's uh, coordinator and skills facilitator, Philip Zazi and Danisile Kumalo, joining us in the studio, telling us about uh, being the change that they want to see in their communities. And they're doing all this out of the goodness of their hearts. It's not about salaries. It's not about benefiting uh, financially, personally. It's about making sure that the community is empowered and we wish them the best of luck. Thank you very much, guys.